Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, send it to me at box13 at greatdetectives.net and follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by the financial support of our listeners, and I especially want to thank Oscar uh, so much um, for his support. We'll send access to our premium site, which we do with all donations of $7 or more, and you can support the show at support.greatdetectives.net. Also, over at uh, greatdetectives.net this weekend, my review of Fit to Kill by Brett Holiday. Uh, another Michael Shane mystery. Uh, you can read my review there. Also, if you enjoy uh, the reviews and you have a Kindle, you can have uh, my articles automatically delivered. And you can try that service out for, uh, for free for two weeks. Well, now it's time for episodes five and six of Police Headquarters. Uh, today is uh, track five, and uh, episode six is Double Death. So let's take a listen. Headquarters. Just a minute, I'll give you the Detective Bureau. Detective Bureau, Lieutenant Gray. Lieutenant, this is Mike O'Rourke. What's up, Mike? Fuel robbery, Lieutenant. Broad daylight, too. Where did it happen? On my beat, 6th and Main. A guy in a taxi drove up alongside a couple of women and lifted their sparklers. What'd they get? Three or four rings and a diamond necklace. Mrs. Mansfield, the dame that owned the necklace, says it's worth 80,000 bucks. Hey, wait a minute. Is that Mrs. Lester Mansfield? Yeah. I've heard of that necklace before. Where are you now? Call box, 6th and Main. The women are here, too. One of them fainted. We got her in the drugstore. Okay. Sit tight. I'll be right over. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Have Captain Watson send somebody to relieve Patrolman O'Rourke, 6th and Main. Yes, sir. And send out a radio pickup on a phony taxi cab. Somebody just lifted the Mansfield necklace. Yes, sir. Lieutenant. The doctor's looking after Mrs. Smith. She's carrying on something awful. Is Mrs. Manfield in there, too? Yes, sir. All right. I'll see if I can get a description from her. Get this crowd to move in and come inside. Captain Watson sending a man to relieve you. Yes, sir. All right. Oh, Lieutenant, I'm so glad you're here. It was dreadful. He drove up a long time. Just a minute, ma'am. You're Mrs. Manfield? Yes, Lieutenant. How's the other lady? Very excited. 
Mrs. Smith isn't a very strong woman, Lieutenant. And when that well, man... Just can... sit down here, Mrs. Mansfield. Let's get the whole story. Oh, you're so cruel and brave, Lieutenant. I just know you'll find my necklace, well, won't well, you? Well, if it's possible, ma'am. What happened? Mrs. Smith and I... She's the wife of Horatio Smith, you know. We were just coming back from the service league charities. I was driving my roadster down 6th Street when a taxi pulled up alongside and forced me to the curb. Just a minute, ma'am. What kind of a taxi? Oh, just the regular kind. You know, the two-colored one. I see. Go ahead. A man jumped out and said he was sorry that his steering gear had broken. He came around to our side of the car, and then I saw he had a gun. He took our jewels, got back into the taxi, and left. Oh, it all happened so quickly that I didn't know what to make of it for a minute. Uh, Mrs. Mansfield, uh, can... Oh, sit down, Mike, and get this description. Yes, sir. Mrs. Mansfield, can you tell us what this man looked like? Well, not very well. He was smaller than you, Lieutenant. Rather dark. And wore a blue-sturdied suit. Was he wearing a hat? No. It was a cap, I believe. Did you see the color of his hair? No, not, not that I remember. Oh, but I noticed a scar on his right cheek. I saw it as he reached for my purse. A scar, eh? That's good. Uh, is this the purse? Yes. He opened it and took the money that was inside and threw it back into the car. Mm, we'll want to borrow this for a while, Mrs. Mansfield, to see if we can find any prints on it. They'd show up nicely on that patent leather. Oh, surely, Lieutenant. Oh, I do hope you'll find my necklace. Lester will be so angry because I wore it today. You see, he asked me not to. He was probably more worried about your welfare than the necklace. Well, we'll do what we can, ma'am. You'll be at home if we want you? Uh, yes. All right. We'll call you if anything turns up. Come on, Mike. Let's take this bag to the fingerprint bureau. Yes, sir. <laughs> Say, Lieutenant. Powers identified the prince as belonging to Antonio Moretti with a record of two terms in state prison. Hmm. Let's see that file a minute. J. L. M. Moretti. Yeah, here it is. Age 31. See that picture? Hmm. That's the same guy that Mrs. Mansfield described. Scar and everything. Yeah, we'll have him in 20 minutes. Uh, hello, Tim. Send out a pickup on Antonio Moretti and have the desk issue a warrant for first-degree robbery. You'll find all that dope in the files. I want him inside of 24 hours. Right. You want me to go back on my beat now, Lieutenant? Yeah, you might as well, Mike. Oh, wait a minute. Hello? Oh, good. Send him in. Just a minute. There's something new on the case. Moretti? Not yet. A taxi driver just came in to report losing his cab. It may be the same one Moretti used. Come in. Oh, uh, sit down. What's your name? Uh, Pete Carson. I, I drive for... Yes, the... yes, I know. Somebody stole your cab. Tell me about it. Well, I was at my station over in Cambridge when I get a call to a rooming house on Garfield. Wait a minute. Remember the address? No, but I could find the house. All right, go ahead. Well, I go over there and this guy gets in and tells me to drive him to the medical arts building downtown. I drove three or four blocks, and suddenly I feel the gun in the back of my neck, and the guy telling me to step out. What did you do? Oh, I stepped out. And the guy drove off, eh? Yes, sir. Oh, Mike. Yes, sir. Show this fellow the picture of Tony Moretti. Yes, sir. Right here, Lieutenant. There. Is that the guy? Hmm. Tony, that's him, all right. I remember him by that scar on his face. Okay. My car's downstairs. You're going to direct us to that rooming house on Garfield. Come on, Mike. Maybe this won't be such a tough job after all. 
Okay, you stay in the car. Come on, Mike. It's just the kind of a place you'd expect my ready to hang out in. I'll bet you can get a room here for a buck a week. Someone's coming to the door. We're officers. Does Antonio Moretti live here? Land sakes alive, you scared me, officer. Sure, there's no Mr. Moretti living here, sir. I run a nice, clean place, sir. We don't have no lawbreakers living here. Show her the picture, Mike. Yes, sir. Here. Ever see this man before? Why, why, it looks just like Mr. Williams, how the does. Calls himself Mr. Joe Williams. Yeah, that's Is he one. in? Sir, and I don't know. He's in 112 years, sir. Come yeah. on, Mike. And lift your gun strap. Yes, sir. You ain't going to have no shooting in here, are you? Now, you look here. You stay back here. Nobody... We'll find the room. It is, Lieutenant. All right. If it's locked, kick it in. I'll cover you. Hmm. Nobody home. Looks like we beat him here. His clothes are still hanging around the room. And there's a package of cigarettes. I tell you, it's a sorry day that I ever left that young man in. I thought I told you to stay back there. That's right, you did, sir. But I just remembered something that I think to myself you should know. What's that? Well, last night after I'd gone to bed... There comes a man here asking for this Mr. Williams. And I go back and look, and Mr. Williams ain't in. So the fella asks if I got another room. What did you tell him? So I told him yes, and give him a room on the second floor. Uh, is he up there now? No, that's just what I'm trying to tell you, sir. He left this morning. After paying him a 50 cents for my room. Say where he was going? Yes, sir. He tells me how he was going to the depot, sir. Leaving town. What did this fella look like? Well, sir... I got a pretty good look at him and see as how he was a red-faced man. Almost as big as yourself, with funny, watery kind of eyes, and walked with a limp. Bull Alexander. It sure fits him, sir. And he said he was going to the depot, eh? How long ago was this? Oh, just an hour ago, sir. Quick, Mike, out to the car. Yes, sir. I've got a hunch that Tony Moretti had Bull in on the job with him to get the necklace out of town. We've got to beat him to that train. Track five for the west. Come on, Mike. I'm right behind you, Lieutenant. Now, uh, here. Here, let's duck through this gate. We're officers. Oh, uh, there it is, Mike. It'll be leaving in a couple of minutes. Mm. Let's try the Pullman coaches first. The guy will probably want privacy. All right, swing up here. We're officers, Porter. Is there a large, red-faced man with bleary eyes on this train? You owe me the man in car for? I don't know. We'll see. Come on, Mike. Yeah, this is the car, isn't it? Yeah. Well, here we are. Huh? Oh. Hello, Bull. You leaving town? Hey, you jicks ain't got nothing on me. Just going to win a little business trip, that's all. Just because you had a guy in stir once, don't mean that you can hound him the rest of his life. No. Stand up, Bull. We're searching you for the Manfield necklace. Yeah. I'll search ahead. I ain't got it. All right, Mike. Look through his bag. Yeah. I'll take Bull into the washroom here and see what he's wearing.
you find? Nothing. Ain't in any of the bags, Lieutenant. Yeah, that's funny. It wasn't on him either. I'm telling you, you got me all wrong, Lieutenant. I didn't even know this Tony Moretti or Joe Williams. I'm going to win a little trip to see my sister. Yeah. It was a business trip before, Bull. Want to take him down, sir? No, we couldn't hold him. We haven't got a thing on him. He'd be out before morning. You're doing me wrong, Lieutenant. I wasn't mixed up in no jewel robbery. Crime don't pay, I know that. Don't make me laugh, you red-faced baboon. We'll have you back on the calendar in six months. Here, I'll show you I'm on the level, Lieutenant. I'll buy you a cold drink. Here, boy. No, thanks, Bull. I'm particular who I drink with. Well, I ain't as bad as that, Lieutenant. Here, I'll have a sandwich. Give the gentleman a cold drink, boy. No, thanks. Don't bother. Well, I'm sorry we couldn't take you in, Bull. Train's leaving, so I guess we'll have to get off. But if you're smart, you'll stay at your sister's from now on. Come on, Mike. Yes, sir. We're going back inside the car. All right, Bull, put him up. Hey, what? No, you don't. Put him up. Get in that right-hand coat pocket, Mike. Yeah. There, that's it. Holy smoke. The necklace. And the rings, too. Yeah. He didn't get away with them after all. Oh, but they wasn't there when we frisked him. Right, Mike. He didn't have them when we searched him. Then how did he get them? Right under our nose. They were slipped to him in a sandwich. What? That sandwich man is Tony Moretti. And he's getting off the train now. Grab it. Police headquarters. Okay, Lieutenant. Hello, Tim. Have a car pick Lieutenant Gray up at Pleasant Town. He's holding two prisoners in the Mansfield Jewels. Police headquarters. Just a minute, I'll connect you to the homicide. Homicide detail, Sergeant Burke. Hey, this is the residence of Mr. Jacob Millard. Mr. Millard's butler speaking. Mr. Millard had just been found dead, sir. What's your name? Uh, John Prentice, sir. Who found him? I did, sir. I was just taking him his breakfast. Anyone else in the house? No, sir. All right, just leave everything like it is until we get there. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, Sergeant? Dr. Wade in his office? I think so, Sergeant. Good. Have him get his tool chest and meet me at the front door. Yes, sir. What's up? Plenty. Somebody just bumped Jake Millard. Sorry I had to rush out so early, Doc, but I don't commit these early morning murders. I just follow them up. That's all right, Sergeant. I think I'll enjoy a little motor trip into the country. Uh, who's the victim? A retired gangster by the name of Millard. Hmm. Jake Millard. I seem to remember that name in the papers. Retired, you say? Well, yes and no. You see, uh, Jake used to be associated with Pete Jarnigan, the racketeer who controls the trucking and shipping business on the east side. Oh, I remember him. Yeah. Well, Jarnigan's racket is protecting the trucking people from his own mob, if you get what I mean. Hmm. Millard split with him and uh, went into the protection business from the other angle. He was protecting the truckers from Jarnigan's mob at a much lower figure. I see. A sort of a double, double cross, eh, Sergeant? Yeah. And now it seems somebody sort of triple-crossed Jake Millard by bumping him off. And good riddance, if you ask me. That's what I say, Doc, but the old man don't see it that way. Whenever a gangster's rubbed out, we're supposed to work just as hard to get his murderer as we would if he was a banker or a lawyer. What one might call the injustice of justice, huh? Yeah. Oh. 
This the place? Yeah. Miller lived here all alone. That is, uh, with his butler. Well, a gangster with a butler. Interesting. You can bet he's sort of a bodyguard as well. Did the butler say how Millard was killed? No, that's why I brought you along, Doc, so I wouldn't have to take this bird's word for it. Oh, come in, sir. Your apprentice? Uh, yes, sir. Dr. Wade. Uh, yes, Hello. sir. Where's the body? Uh, upstairs, sir. What time did you find him? Uh, just before I called you, sir. Uh, about 8.30. What time did Millard come in last night? Uh, shortly after midnight, sir. How do you know? Uh, I was with him. Did he take you with him every time he went out? Most generally, sir. Oh, upon my word, sir. Just what I thought. You're packing a rod. Well, uh, I have a permit for that, sir. A sort of precaution against highwaymen, sir. That's a good one. I'll just keep this rod for a while. Oh, certainly, sir. Oh, here. Here's Mr. Miller's room. Hmm. Run up the shades. Yes, sir. Oh, there he is, Doc, laying on the bed. Shouldn't be a hard job to find out what killed him. Not with that knife sticking out of his chest. Mind if I remove it? No. Here's a handkerchief to save the prince. Oh, all right. Yes, must have nearly penetrated the body. Our victim died without a struggle. Through the heart? Clean. This doesn't seem to affect you very much, Prentice. No, I was in the war, sir. Which war? The one last night with Pete Johnnigan's mob down at the docks? Oh, no, sir. Where were you and Millard last night? Uh, att- Where were you and Millard last night? Uh, attending a concert, sir. Yeah? Which one? Oh, the Philharmonic. Gilbert Simpson in B minor. The unfinished one, sir. Don't make me laugh. Got any idea who killed him? No, sir. How long have you been dead, Doc? Mm, I was just testing the state of rigor mortis in anticipation of your question, Sergeant. It's in a rather well-advanced state. I should say about six or seven hours. Mm, nine o'clock now. That'll make it uh, about uh, two or three this morning? Mm, a fairly accurate hour, Sergeant. And... Hmm... What'd you find? A very astonishing thing, Sergeant. Jake Millard was killed twice last night. Killed? Well, what do you mean? Jake Millard was killed twice last night. Once with a knife and once with a gun. Go on. I'm serious. There's a bullet wound in the head. Here, see? Well, I'll be a monkey's uncle. Once with a knife and once with a gun. Tell me, Doc, who won? The man with a knife. How do you know? The character of the gunshot wound shows very clearly that it was inflicted one or perhaps two hours after death. Yeah, now we're in a fine fix. We've got to look for two murderers instead of one. Um, what do you think happened here last night, Doc? I think it's fairly simple. Two people set out to get Millard last night. One of these men gained access to this room by that trellis outside the window there. Go ahead, Doc. You're doing great. He tiptoed across the room and plunged a knife through Millard's heart. Then left the way he'd entered. Death was instantaneous. And? About an hour later, murderer number two reaches the scene. He climbs the same trellis with the same murderous intent in his heart. But instead of entering the room, he takes a careful aim at his victim with a silenced revolver, never noticing the knife. After the shot, he slips away unnoticed, thinking he has accomplished his mission. The way you put it, Doc, Jake Millard was one popular guy a few hours ago. Yes, Sergeant. Somewhere in this town are two highly satisfied men. Each thinks that he killed Jake Millard. You know, Sergeant, one of those men is going to be very, very disappointed. Well, did it work?
working all day on the case, Sergeant. What did you find? Nothing. That is, nothing except a gun. Powers just gave me a report on it. Mm, yes? We found a fingerprint in the barrel, and Powers traced it to a dopey little hood known as Wheezy Lane. Well, I should say that your day hadn't been wasted, Sergeant. And this, uh, this fellow, Lane. And boys picked him up just about 15 minutes ago. They're bringing him up here now for questioning. Well, don't be disheartened, Sergeant. You have an arrest. Yeah, but he ain't the right one. You said the guy with the knife killed him. That's right. Well, then we ain't got nothing against this guy. You can't kill a man twice. I wouldn't be too sure, Sergeant. Hello? Uh, send him in. What now? The boys are bringing Wheezy in. Hmm. What's the hose for, Sergeant? Little persuader. I told Wheezy Lane that the next time I got him in this office, I'd whale the tar out of him. Oh, and do you mean to carry out your threat? No, but Wheezy will think so. Time I slap a chair a few times close to his head with his hose, he'll talk. And talk fast. All right, boys, bring him in. You ain't got nothing on me, Sarge. You ain't got nothing on me. I was just hanging out in Joe's pool parlor when this car loaded dicks pounds on me. They won't even tell me what I'm picked up for. Well, ain't that too bad. Sit down, you yellow-livered shrimp. Sit down before I slap you to sleep with this hose. You got me wrong, Sarge. Shut up. Where were you last night? In Joe's. That's a lie. All right, ask him. I don't need to. I know you got him fixed. Now listen, Wheezy. I'm giving you one chance, and then I'll start working you over. Jake Millard was killed last night. So what? I didn't do it. Sure, sure. I know you didn't. Finding your gun with your fingerprints on it just below Jake Millard's bedroom window don't mean a thing, does it? You can't pin that on me. I... Oh, I, I lost the gun. Yeah, yeah, you did. Are you going to talk, Wheezy? I ain't got nothing to say. All right. It, don't hit me with that thing, Sarge. The next time I'll split your head open. Are you going to talk? I ain't got... Don't, Sarge. Don't hit me. You yellow rat. I'll break your neck. Just a minute, Sergeant. I'm the police surgeon, Wheezy. I made the autopsy on Millard's body, and I found out that you didn't kill him. That's what I've been telling this big... Flat- Wait a minute now. I said you didn't kill him. I know that you thought you did, but you didn't. Somebody with a knife beat you to it. What are you talking about? You don't have to act innocent, Wheezy. Millard was already dead when you shot him. Therefore, you didn't kill him, see? Oh, it's a frame. No, it isn't. I'm giving it a straight good, Wheezy. We haven't got a thing on you. That is, if you tell us who did kill him. I don't know. And if you don't talk, Wheezy, I'll just forget about the stab wound in my report. And the sergeant here will bring a charge against you for the bullet wound. With your print on the revolver, well, I wouldn't like to be in your shoes. You're you're telling me straight, Doc? I'm telling you that you didn't kill Jake Millard. Well, all right. I'll talk. Good. Who knifed him? I don't know. You don't know? No, you see, it's this way, Doc. Jake Millard has been buttoned into Pete Jarnikin's racket. I work for Pete, uh, doing secretary work. (laughs) I see. Well, Pete calls all the boys, five of us, into his office yesterday afternoon and says that this stuff of Jake Millard buttoned into our racket has got to stop. He ends up by offering us ten grand to the first guy to put Millard out of the way. So you all went after him, eh? Yeah, and I don't know which one of the boys got it. I see. Well, Wheezy, you can go. I, I can go? Oh, gee, that's swell of you, Doc. Say, what's the big idea? Sure, Wheezy can go, Sergeant. Except first, there's something he's got to do for us. Come in. Oh, hello, Wheezy. She was sorry to hear about your accident. Yeah. As soon as we hear, the nurse telephoned us, so we come right over. 
Oh, here's Pete and the boys. Yeah. Hello, Weezy. Hello, Weezy. Uh, what happened, Weezy? I was stepping off a curb over on Central when a truck smacked me. I woke up here in the hospital. Gee, God, that's too bad. What's the matter with you, huh? Broken leg and a fractured right arm. Doc says I'll be here for six weeks. Gee, that's tough. Yeah, it's going to cost me a wad of dough, too. That ten grand you offered us for killing Jake Miller, it'll come in handy to pay hospital expenses. Weezy, I'm not around here. You didn't kill Miller. What do you mean? Have you seen the papers? Max here stuck a knife in him about an hour before you shot him. What are you talking about? Sure, that's the straight dope, Weezy. Pete paid me the ten thousand this afternoon. I killed Miller. That's all I wanted to know. Put him up out of here. No need to look at that door, Pete. There's a dozen men outside. I got a court reporter here, too. Taking down every word that was said. Yeah, I guess you're all in that jam, every one of you. Except me, Sergeant. You know what you said. If I'd lead these guys into the dock's little trap, you wouldn't bring a charge against me. Well, I must have been wrong about that, Wheezy. I've been reading the law book since I've seen you, and I find out i got to take you in, too. Yeah? What's the charge? I didn't kill... What's the charge? I didn't kill Jake, you know. That's a new one on me, Wheezy. Mutilating a corpse. Police headquarters. Okay, Sergeant. Hello, Tim. Send the patrol to Providence Hospital. Sergeant Burke just got Pete Jarnigan's whole mob for that Millard killing. Police headquarters. Welcome back. On the first story, not many thoughts except those were some nervy crooks um, willing to go ahead and to, um, uh, I mean, seriously, I think they would have been out of the way if uh, they hadn't uh, delivered the sandwiches uh, in front of the uh, police officers and then got caught. The second episode was, well, it was more stereotypical uh, 30s stuff. Though, to be fair, they didn't actually hit the suspect. They just intimidated him to death with fear of assault. Uh, probably playing on the popular media stereotypes um, of the day. And they did that in other ways with uh, language, like telling the doctor to bring his toolbox because that's the official term. Plus, it was weird them insisting for, like, the first half of the episode where there was two murders. No, only one, and one who was guilty of defacing a corpse. Now on to some listener comments and feedback, and this comment from Rachel, who says, I've been very happy with this app since I bought it. It makes it much easier to keep track of which great detective shows I've listened to and has a lock screen widget that allows me to shut it off if needed without having to unlock my phone. It allows me to advance or rewind by 30 seconds, which another app I had been using didn't have. Well, thanks so much, Rachel. And you're the second person to comment on some of the improvements in design and functionality 
And really, that's all due to our partners at Wizard Media, um, who handle uh, the Libsyn uh, service. Uh, they've really, and over the years, this app has uh, grown, and they've had kind of the opportunity to um, be able to improve the app. Um, and all the other apps is they've gotten content producers to provide the information, the customer base. And so I really appreciate everything uh, they've done to improve it. And I hope you uh, continue to enjoy the uh, app. Thanks so much. All right. Well, we will be back on uh, on Monday with uh, the next part in the Phantom Chase matter. Join us tomorrow for an episode of the lineup for our video theater, but from Boise, Idaho. Uh, also reminding you, follow us on Twitter, Radio Detectives. Become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. And join us back on uh, next Saturday where we will once again have two more episodes of Police Headquarters. But from Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.